0: It's June 23rd, 1995, and Misery by Soul Asylum is number one on the Billboard Modern Rock chart. Welcome to Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. I'm Trav.
1: I'm Quillen. I'm Alec. And this is a podcast where we talk about every song that reached number one on the Billboard Modern Rock chart in the 90s, beginning with Kurt Cobain's death in April 1994.
2: Today we'll be talking about Misery, the first single from Soul Asylum's seventh album, Let Your Dim Light Shine.
0: Misery spent three weeks at number one. Here's a clip.
1: Uh, what do you guys think of this song? Nice song.
0: Boring. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and not good. There are more interesting tidbits about uh, Soul Asylum and Dave per- Perner? Pioneer? Perner? Perner, I think. Perner. The, they're more like just interesting life tidbits than anything about that can be said about this song like what oh, what did okay. you
0: think was interesting about dave perner
2: uh he dated uh winona ryder yep for like three years yeah um he scored chasing amy um the kevin smith film yeah was he in that maybe like a brief it's kind, possible cameo? they were yeah uh, what i read is kevin smith was a huge soul asylum fan cool um and they played bill clinton's inauguration Cool. In what? <laughs> which is pretty f- crazy what did they play <laughs> runaway train i believe so uh bill on sax um i doubt it at his inauguration yeah
0: well you know he's got to show,
2: <laughs> show off the chops yeah yeah that's it Th- those were pretty interesting things that
0: i did not know about them so you didn't know he went on a rider oh okay I feel that like that was known, kind of a, 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 a known famous thing, famous thing that happened around hmm. this time. But I don't know. Maybe I was hmm. paying attention to that sort of thing at this at this point. I, I yeah, I read a, a a Rolling Stone article. It was probably like the feature article of the the magazine at that point. Um, w- where it was like he, you know, they were coming off of Runaway Train, and um this album was like the follow-up and it was like, are they going to be a seller? And they've been a band since mm-hmm. like, you know, the early eighties. They came up. Yeah. yeah. They came up in Minnesota and they were playing with the replacements and who's mm-hmm. And like, they sounded like those bands. Mm-hmm. They were really like pretty shitty
2: versions of those bands. I but.
0: mean, the songs weren't as good, but they sounded about mm-hmm. the same.
1: Mm-hmm. There are some songs I found that are up there.
0: There's a handful, for sure. Um, I, I know I mentioned to you guys I really liked Tang Time. I feel like that's their most consistent album. I know there's some early songs on uh, Say What You Will that I think are really good. Um, Alec, you liked Tied to the Tracks, was it?
1: Oh, man, I really liked Tied to the Tracks. Uh, the album Made to be Broken from 1986 um, seemed to me to be the best one. I listened a little bit to uh, Hang Time today and, and I did not think it was as good as Made to Be Broken. Those the are the first two couple tracks that uh, just slayed me. I thought Tied to the Tracks was like a, a, a new classic for me.
2: Did you guys know that they came out with an album this year?
0: I'm not surprised to hear that.
2: I just noticed, noticed that on Spotify.
0: Yeah, so they I mean they've been um you know they've been active forever leading up to this. Um my understanding of their history is that they um they got discouraged at some point in the late 80s and then kind of gave it a go one one last time and then they they made Grave Dancers Union where mm-hmm. uh Runaway Train became this enormous hit um with the cool video with all the missing kids uh that actually was like Kind of helpful for finding some people and um, mm-hmm. and also like kind of damaging for some people that didn't want to be found, I think. I read an actual like an oral history in maybe like spin like a year or so ago about uh, the song and the video and everything, and it was pretty interesting. Um, right at that point, their, whoever they were working with, whoever they were recording with, said that their drummer was not cutting it and they were like you got to you got to make a change and he'd been the drummer you know throughout their history throughout all of the 80s and everything like that and um they said okay fine we'll make the change and then they brought in this this studio guy uh his name's Sterling Campbell and he had played with uh Bowie and he'd played with Duran Duran and mm-hmm. um you know just kind of this ringer who's like really good at drums and um, he played on half of that album, including Runaway Train, and uh, it, like, helped them break through. And hmm. he became their permanent drummer and played on all of Let Your Dim Light Shine. And um, yeah, to me, it really sounded like there had been some kind of change where, like, they lost that kind of wild... um ferocious quality that they had in the
1: yeah. 80s. Ferocious is a good word for those, those mid-80s albums that I listened to. My, my, my think about this song, I think it's appealingly in a, a replacement style. I think it's not too far off from something like Bastards of Young or Left of the Dial. Um, I think in terms of songwriting, they sort of mismanaged the build you know, we just talked a couple episodes about um, Lightning Crashes and the, the the very clever build of that song. The There are sort of like several choruses that build on one another in this song. And I think that the best one is the first one. It's the frustrated incorporated. And then they kind of go into two more choruses after that. And neither of those choruses is as good as the, the Frustrated Incorporated part. I, I think the song's decent, but I, I think it's kind of missing some... It's it's not hitting its full potential. I do think that the song has a clever premise. It's sort of thinking of the, the music industry as buying and packaging teenage angst. And I think that's a thought that has uh, come up in a lot of pop music since then. But... Um, It's clever, but it also gets stretched a bit thin. You know, anytime that a song is based on an extended metaphor, it's like, you know, how much mileage can you really get out of this? It's like, you can have your verses about starting a factory and making misery, but then pretty soon you're going to have a bridge that's like about getting your investors to (laughs) buy into misery and oh i hope we don't go bankrupt and like just you know a metaphor like this starts to wear thin after a while and i don't think it it quite manages to to succeed throughout the entire song do you appreciate the
0: late builds uh with the frustrated incorporated where everything kind of cuts out and there's it's a quiet to loud. Build near the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I think that that's a really nice melody, and paired with the lyrical conceit, I think that uh, I think it's effective. But the uh, you know, I don't know if the I know just what you need. Uh, I have just just the thing or whatever the lyric is. Um, I don't think that that's a great hook. Nor do I think that the put me out of my misery hook is very effective. So, I just think that the, again, I just think that the build of the, the hooks is not very effective. Quillen had mentioned Kevin Smith. Uh, this song is in Clerks 2, it was featured in Clerks mm. 2. I haven't had the courage to revisit that film or any of Kevin Smith's films since I was a teenager. Trav, you like Mallrats, right? Yeah. I actually, I really liked Kevin Smith.
0: Up through college, mm-hmm. um, I did not see Clerks two or anything really after that. In fact, I just watched the most recent one, and it was a slog to get through. It was okay, really tough. Um, the the most recent Clerks? No, the re- most recent like Jay and Silent Bob like oh. reboot kind of thing. That was just ew. I, I really I've hated
2: gotten. It. Uh, I've gotten pretty into Kevin Smith's like later, m- like more recent films, like his kind of horror movies. I've actually liked.
0: Uh, okay, yeah, that Tusk. one called "I Am the Walrus," Tusk, and Tusk. Uh, Wrong.
2: Red Classic State. Rock.
1: Okay,
2: uh, I liked Red State as well.
1: Okay, Red State was the last thing that I saw, and I it was not. I wasn't on board. Hmm. I, I don't remember it. it very well. But.
2: Tusk uh I thought was very funny and uh
0: f-ed up in a way that uh I like. I did watch I did watch Rats semi recently and Clerks and and enjoyed them still.
1: Um this seems like it goes in the Einstein on the Beach category of okay it went to number 1 but I'm not sure that people really remember it. I certainly don't remember hearing it on the radio. Do you remember the mm-hmm. the, the song when it was actually on the radio?
0: No. Yeah, I've really strong memories of of this song actually. Um more so um by CD, uh my friend mm. Kent's house, uh we he had a trampoline in his backyard in a pool. And we used to like just play like singles over and over, and this was one of them. Uh, mm. And just like jump on a trampoline and listen to this song in the summer when we were too young to have jobs and old enough to appreciate it. And the song uh, really got you
2: ramped up that you needed to burn a lot of energy. It did did (laughs) some
0: super cool
1: flips. (laughs) Well, in terms of the, the song's relative insignificance now, the second sentence of the Wikipedia page, not for the song, the second. Sentence of the Wikipedia page for the album is about the Weird Al parody of this song. (laughs) It's like immediately Um, like, Soul Asylum Asylum put out this album, and number one, Weird Al uh, (laughs) did a parody of one of the songs. Oh, that's hilarious. (laughs) uh, Don't leave, don't leave. (laughs) It is about watching syndicated television. It features the hook, I will always be busy watching my tv so that's uh that's uh how this lives on in pop culture yeah cool cool
2: (laughs) good uh good weird weird impression oh Oh,
1: thank you (laughs) yeah and the only other thing that i had to say was um travis had mentioned 80s minneapolis Mm-hmm. Bob Mould kind of took these guys under his wing and released them on his label and brought them on tour with Husker Du. Did um, Bob
2: Mould run Twin Tone?
1: I don't think he ran Twin Tone, but earlier, they're, I think, yeah, like uh, Soul like Asylum releases were put out on Bob Mould's label. First second albums or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, some of the old stuff that's really hard and loud seemed good. Seemed good to me. <laughs> uh
2: I'm just gonna move it on to the album.
1: Uh or, you wanna talk about the music video wait, real quick?
2: I I mean not really, but yeah, that yeah. I
1: uh, the only that thing that I segment. noticed about the video, I, I think it is it is kind of a clever conceit that it showed the duplication of the Soul Asylum CDs as part of the mm. uh uh frustrated incorporated um Hmm. message
0: yeah i thought it was neat too um i thought it was neat i I mean that's the best you can (laughs) say about it right no neat yeah there's the cd singles
1: emily came in while i was watching the video and she just like shuddered in disgust and i was like this is the google dolls like there's there's I'm not even going to use the word inspired. This is the Google dolls that you're watching. And she's just like, no, this, these men are disgusting. This is, this is, (laughs) this is garbage. Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah, it
0: is. I mean, like the Google dolls had a similar kind of like trajectory.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, this, this this is a Google doll song. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> emily uh, just texted me she says oh, hang on i hear you talking about those jock trash men <laughs>
0: <laughs> well
1: oh, uh she could i'm so mad rn <laughs> yeah read it jocks <laughs> So
0: she can sniff out the posers. I'll uh... She can sniff
1: out the posers. <laughs> I just heard her laugh. I don't know. Man, if Johnny Resnick is not a poser, who is a poser? <laughs> and I don't care. I mean, I don't have anything against posers. Go ahead and pose. If you yeah. do it well, you do it. I mean, come on. How does your garden grow? You know, 90s classic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Quill, what did you think of this album?
2: Oh, I thought it was bland and boring and 90 percent pretty bad um, me too but i really liked the song tell me when uh towards the very end uh either the second to the last song or the second to the second last song um yeah i don't know just a nice like moderately paced jangly um really good chord progression um memorable melody um obviously not memorable enough for it to ring a bell for you guys but uh
1: yeah it didn't ring a bell judging for by me. your faces
2: but i i was i thought it was like far and away the best song on the album and like would have been a good single um yeah it's a good song check it check it out all right uh tell me when is the name of it <laughs> <laughs> t-e-l-l <laughs> M-E-W-H-E-N.
1: Take Trav, care. did you like anything on this album? Oh, uh,
0: man. So, it, I th- again, I thought I liked it until I listened to it. And then I went, oh, boy, this is not that good. Mm-hmm. Um, the two singles are really good.
1: Uh, yeah, I like the second single.
0: Yeah. Um, the second single is called Just Like Anyone and um it is about a song uh it is it is a song about a girl who uses an outhouse and is therefore different that's literally it um the verses are about her using the outhouse in the dark and the choruses are about why can't she just be like everyone um Kind of crazy. Did you watch the music video? Yeah, yeah. I was very familiar with the music video. Okay. Claire Danes is in the music video. Yes. And um, she grows uh, wings, but she has these hideous bumps on her back before the wings (laughs) sprout. And um, and when they, you know, everybody's making fun of her because she's she's such a freak. And then finally, she sprouts the wings and flies away and shows them all into the outhouse, the
1: cold night breathes into her face, the flies are standing still now, the moon it spills through the place.
0: But yeah, the song is really cool. Both of the songs, um, just like Anyone and Misery, uh, have a solo in a different key, which is oh. a cool move. Yeah. I like that. Um, I believe in Misery, uh, the song is in the key of C and the solo is in the key of A. And then just like Anyone goes to like a B major chord, and I think it solos that way also. Huh. Um yeah it makes the song a bit more interesting but otherwise um the songs like i said um it lacks you know i think i don't know if it's the change of drummer or what but it like lacks the teeth that the previous albums of soul asylums had had um there were a couple of bad songs that stood out to me one is called caged rat (laughs) which i thought was really bad um and the most egregious um, was called eyes of a child. And uh-huh. it was, it was actually on this compilation that I'd got when I got a CD player in, um, you know, middle school, it came with it. It was a Sony compilation and it was actually pretty good. It had a lot of cool stuff on it. Um, it had, um, Google Goo dolls. It had, uh, Ned's atomic dustbin, Pete droge, Ben folds five uh betty serviert um victoria williams Shudder to think posies violent femmes all these cool things and it had eyes of a child and i was like that was one of the songs that i really kind of liked from the compilation and i went back and listened to it again and this song is the biggest piece of shit i can imagine (laughs) it is so bad um if you just listen to the song the, the the lyrics and oh
1: boy oh boy yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the, uh, the toilet use theme. Um, second verse, and the toilet ain't flushing and the toaster is smoking. The vacuum don't suck, but it needs a new belt. But she <laughs> saw the world through the eyes of a child and remembers how good it was and how good it felt. Yeah. I thought this album was a was a real stinker and uh it looks like it was a a critical and commercial disappointment following on the foot of uh of Runaway Train. I, I, I it's worth at least mentioning for a moment. Um I like Runaway Train quite a lot. What what do you all think of Runaway Train?
0: Yeah, uh, it's nice. Um I think it's um <sighs> It's too nice. What do you mean by that? You want
1: those children to stay missing, Quillen?
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's maybe more famous than what I like it for. Mm. Like, it seems like a big song. Um, And I still appreciate and like it, but maybe not to the extent that it is uh, respected.
1: All right. Well, that's the verdict on Soul Asylum. Leave your... Leave your... Leave your complaints at the... In the... In the... Outhouse. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh, Let's take a look elsewhere on the charts. This is a a juicy thing to discuss. Uh, Number one on the mainstream rock chart as of this week is December by Collective Soul. about this self-titled Collective Soul album. And we discovered in the process of researching this that there is now two self-titled Collective Soul albums. And so this is referred to as the Blue Album. (laughs) So it's the one with the red squiggle on it that says Collective Soul in blue text. Uh, This was a a, a $2.50 CD for me back in middle school, but I really was attached to the CD as an adolescent. Do you have any, any, any relationship with the collective soul self-titled 1995 album?
2: Um, I liked December a lot, uh, to this day. I think December is a good song. Um, December is a song that I remember jamming on with my cousins and uncle when I was first learning to play drums. Um and uh so uh fond memories of that. Um I when I was a kid I liked gel. Um it's really corny, but I don't know. Something about it I kind of have positive feelings about it still in a weird way. Um The World I know was a favorite song of mine. Um, when I was a kid, I remember, um, like in elementary school, like, well, God, yeah, this would have been like fifth grade. Um, my like best friend at the time, uh, this kid, Matt, um, he lived in a neighboring town. We were friends through, we did not go to the same church at the time, but we were like raised in the same church, um, from like when we were babies um and family friends and uh we would spend the night um at each other's houses often um and i remember one like friday into saturday night staying with him at his house and we just listened to that song repeatedly over and over, and <laughs> over, and over, and over. <laughs> like just i don't i like we just kept listening to that goddamn song and yeah i I have fond memories of that i guess and i i think it's a sweet song i think the strings are beautiful the drum beat during the verse is clever um uh the like distorted guitar lead uh part that comes in um is really smart and uh uh pre-chorus is great chorus is cheesy but decent um love it song so yeah yeah i i like the singles i guess
0: did you just All sit and reflect thing. when uh the world i know was on over and over and over
2: i don't really know what like we were probably playing video games or something and just like <laughs> i i distinctly remember we listened to it like many times <laughs> over and over
0: I made some notes while I was listening to this album, and uh, the one I had about the world I know was this. Uh, Sat in my parked car in an empty parking lot on lunch break, eating a turkey sandwich I brought from home, listening to the world I know. (laughs) Had it not been for research for the podcast, the very thought of how pathetic that is would bring tears to my eyes. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: cool yeah
1: well i don't know i i have a more positive outlook on it but uh what else what else
0: i mean half the album is singles right like it's it's yeah it, there's a lot of jams on it right i yep. i think that some of the singles i didn't
2: realize were singles back then but like yep. Like hearing them now, like remembering, like oh, I do remember hearing this song a lot.
1: Yeah. So just off the top of my head, I think we've neglected "Where the River Flows." Mm-hmm. Yep. Smashing yep. Young Man. Yep. Um, I think that's it. I think there are five hit singles from this album. That's a lot. World I Know, Where the River Flows, December, Smashing Young Man, Gel.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So there's a lot of a lot of hits, and it's fun to listen to it's not it's not uh, a chore or anything it's not difficult but why why is this band so dorky right like you listen to it and you're just like oh god like I mean like the songs aren't bad I'm not I'm not necessarily saying that it's like you know this sucks but it's like
1: these guys are dorks right so Ed Roland is the the son of a a Georgia preacher. And Collective Soul and Live go hand in hand in my spiritual middle school rock and roll days. Um, Collective Soul is a Christian band in all but a name, and I maybe they would fight me tooth and nail. Maybe Collective Soul fans would fight me tooth and but-
2: nail. No pun intended. <laughs>
1: But no this this is this is a fundamentally a very wholesome christian inspired spiritual band and one thing that I noted is like this is like the the band that dare gets to come and perform at your school <laughs> to show like look being anti drugs is really badass, right? I mean they're borrowing from Aerosmith and Guns N Roses, right? I mean th- yeah. there's like there's there's some alternative stuff, but there's a lot of hair metal in here. Yeah. And there's like this sort of like funky vibe, but you know, just even thinking about this first track on the album, the first track is called Simple. You know, it's like they're doing, like, they're really rocking it. They've got these hardcore riffs. But then the verses are like, Hey, hey, can't you see? Love is all that you should need. Like <laughs> <laughs> That's that's the spirit of, of those, Collective Soul in a nutshell, though. <laughs> yes, those oh, are the God. lyrics. He goes on... um, you know, let love seek and let love find. It's simple. But like, <laughs> cleansing out your tarnished heart, it's simple. Learning from each other can be simple. Like, all the lyrics are like that. <laughs> it's And uh, when I was in, in middle school, I bought it and and I, I liked the positive message. And I was, you know, it, it, the connection was that much more powerful. But yeah, I mean, uh, Quillen used the word corny and then Travis used the word dorky. It's Ed Rowland is corny. Mm-hmm. I think it's primarily Ed Rowland that's corny. Probably. He's 32 at this point. Which
0: I think Dave Perner probably was. I think he was like thirty-one in yeah. nineteen
2: ninety-five. I would have guessed older. Wow.
0: I, yeah, yeah. I I think I considering checked this out. how long. I think it was, yeah, um, they were a band, right, you know? right. And it's just kind of crazy that there were like famous, popular rock stars at over the yeah. age of thirty back then. Yeah. That's I mean I can't imagine that at this point. Um, if if yeah. they haven't already been established, really, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um and also like collective soul could get pretty heavy like i mean where mm. the river flows was like super heavy right like mind-blowingly heavy if you've never really heard a heavy band before mm-hmm. um i think that was like tuned down to c uh
1: really like, maybe gnarly but but i got to hear Quillen, what did you think of the drumming on this album when you yeah. mentioned where the river flows and that it's heavy and i think of that beat like those, like these rim shot quarter notes. Uh, what did you make of all this, Quill?
2: Well, yeah, I saw you had a note about this in our uh, outline. What, uh, first, tell me what, why do you ask that question?
1: Well, the first thing is that when we've talked about Shine, I have over the years, I have sworn that that is a drum machine on Shine. And it's,
2: now I, I it's not it's just the way the
0: drums are produced. I think it is. No. So like the album before I read was like a collection of demos. And they turned it in and wanted to re-record it and the 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 label was like no we're you'll lose momentum, just make mm-hmm. another album. I think like maybe it might be something where like a drummer had played the song and like maybe they took, you know, they took loops from whatever he was playing and applied it later, but I'm pretty sure there was some of that going on for that album. Hmm. And, and maybe for Shine, maybe not. I could be wrong. That's
2: interesting. I I never have thought that the drums on that song sound that fake. Um I just thought that they sounded overly produced. But are you are you insinuating that you think the drums sound fake on this? No, like, but I, just, I think that, that the
1: drums words? often are in the style of a drum machine no. by the way, I'm looking on i'm now I'm of course doing impromptu research, and I'm seeing a message board where at least one person believes that shine was a demo with a drum machine that got released as a single
2: That's really interesting to
1: me um but the the drumming is super stiff on a lot of these songs
2: um yeah i mean i don't know i i i didn't really think about the drumming like yeah just whatever like um i i mean like like i mentioned when i was talking about the world i know I, i think the drum beat during the verses with the um uh open high like the opening of the hi-hat in the beat um, during the verse is clever and good, um, but I think those are clearly live drums. Um, December is like the most simple like drum beat that to me it sounds like they're just, it's just a simple drum beat played really well, really tightly. Uh, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't really have any thoughts about the drums beyond that. Like, yeah, nothing, okay. Nothing to it.
1: Yeah, I, I, it's, it's a really curious intersection of things that are going on. I mean, like I said, there is there is this sort of like Aerosmith or Guns N' Roses vibe. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of like funk going on. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The guitar tone is great like i was saying uh at the wood, in the Woodstock video Ross Childress the uh the lead guitarist of Collective Soul he is at, at heart he is uh he, he is a hair metal guitarist and he, i think he does a, kind of a wonderful job on a lot of this stuff um uh there's a trend of slightly corny funk verses but they almost always lead into sort of a killer chorus. So I I don't know. I don't necessarily know where I stand on this, but uh, I do think that probably on this album, December is the best track. Um, That's fair. Same chords throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of different elements that come and go. Yeah, they, like
2: c- builds and dies and yeah, yeah. fluctuates. They come up yeah, with
1: a cool. lot to do with that one chord progression. And so as the layers accumulate, it has a really mm-hmm. great There's like bongos
2: effect. and stuff on it too. Yeah. Um, which is kind of interesting.
1: And there might really be a guitar that just goes, Ba-dum! but down but down but down or something like that there's like just this clean like two notes that stand out um so i don't know i i i really i don't know um listeners please try to discover whether the drums on shine are a drum machine or not uh I still suspect that they might be a drum machine, but hey, I I believe yeah, I just and then on on the next album, Disciplined Breakdown, you know the first single, Precious Declaration, that sure sounds These like titles. <laughs> that sure sounds like uh like drum machine to me too, so I don't know, and then there's Heavy. Uh, from Dosage, <laughs> and that has a drum machine vibe too,
2: Real... Yeah, I I guess I'm yeah that one's
1: dark, like right? yeah that's pretty electronic. Well, that's like, like a borderline like, <laughs> industrial <laughs> song, right? Like they were trying
2: to do a Nine Inch Nails kind of thing. there? Yeah,
0: it's crazy that they're doing this stuff, and they're they're so dorky, Like, what are you doing, doing an industrial song? Get out of here mm-hmm. with that! But they they do it, and it's it's fine. It's fine. It's good.
2: Do they have a drummer listed on their like Wikipedia page? Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No your way. It falls on me. It brings me down.
2: That song blows.
1: <laughs> I did not make note of any modern rock songs.
2: Fake plastic trees was on it. Number 11 by Radiohead.
1: That's curious. I I do vaguely, I think that I don't necessarily remember hearing that on the radio, but I remember buying the Benz and thinking, oh, I recognize this song.
2: Yeah. um, No, I I don't think I knew it until I got under the Benz. Last Goodbye by Jeff Buckley was on this one uh, at number 31. Stars by Hum at number thirty two. i Now that knew, is
1: that is trippy to me. I never that hum, knew that that they, Hum would have been on the radio.
2: Yeah, and I I definitely remember. I, I personally don't remember hearing them on the radio. I mean, I, again, I think I've said this before. Like, well, we're in in ninety four. I wasn't really listening to quote unquote secular um radio much. Uh, uh aside from like with my brother, um. So, probably even less well no i I was sneaking it probably more j- jason was my brother was gone in college, and I was probably trying to sneak it more um but I definitely never heard stars on the radio. um I had a friend in early high school um my friend Brian, I believe, turned me on to hum um and uh i'd been you know i i realized that oh yeah they had my uh minor hit stars um but yeah i never knew how big it was i i would have never guessed that it would have been on this list yeah ever really um the song is amazing i i love hum like uh you'd prefer an astronaut and uh the follow-up album downward is heavenward. I love both of those albums. I don't think either of them are perfect. They both have songs that I don't care for. Um but just the overall vibe and production and uh guitar tones and melodies. Uh, deceivingly melodic band. Like really, really good, yeah catchy melodies in such a like bland monotone um, uh-huh. I I just I love that contrast with the super beefy guitars and um, yeah,
1: I, I would definitely say if you are not familiar with Hum, I would say the song to listen to is Isle of the Cheetah. Yeah,
2: Isle the of the Cheetah. The first track
1: from Downward is Heavenward.
2: Uh, Isle of the Cheetah is the jam. Man, so many jams. Uh, shit. I wish I could think of all the excellent songs on that album right now. Uh, there's another song that is my total jam
1: and, and is... i actually like some stuff off of their first album um super heavy
2: electra 2000 yes i st- still have never listened to it
1: the first two songs are excellent
2: uh that's great to know i should uh i should listen to it um i'm done or heavenward oh yeah Like, the first uh, four songs are incredible. Isle of the Cheetah, Coming Home, If You Are to Bloom, Miss Lazarus. All awesome. I loved Dreamboat as well. Um, Yeah. But You'd Prefer an Astronaut has incredible songs, too. I'll I'll leave it at that.
0: I'm just waiting here. Uh... Trying to check in with our old friend Noodles Wasserman Um, because there is an offspring song from the album *Ignition* on the charts this week. The nineteen the nineteen ninety two album *Ignition*. What? Yeah, yeah. It's called uh, *Kick Him When He's Down*, and it is on the modern rock charts this week. That is a a rare thing that doesn't Mm. seem to happen very often. Where. I don't know. An independent band breaks through, and then people start to dig up their previous album, and then mm-hmm. sure. that clicks. That's a that's a strange thing, but it Curious. happens.
2: Our friend Hootie is on the on the chart too, at number thirty seven. Oh yeah, with Letter Cry.
1: Well, you want to rate this sucker?
2: Yeah, I give this song by Soul Asylum called "Misery." <laughs> kevin smiths
0: (laughs) that's pretty good um i really like the song um i give it four and a half eyes of one child (laughs)
1: wow
2: i hold on you came out of nowhere with that what do you mean you did not make it sound like you liked the song very much at all really yeah
0: can we start over (laughs) 4.5
2: <laughs> 4.5. No, I
0: love this. I, I think the song is great, but we didn't really spend much time talking about the song itself. That is true. Um, okay. The album is not very good, but the song is really like an excellent sort of like mid 90s alternative modern rock song, which is what we're here to talk about. All right. Uh, Eyes I'm, of One
1: I'm, Child. I'm in between you two. I'm going to give this one 3.5 safe places to put a soul. (laughs) In other words, soul asylums. Yeah, I got it. Okay,
2: good.
1: Uh, Is this song a Nirvana wannabe?
2: I'm going to say no. I don't think so.
1: I
0: think it doesn't sound like one but I think everything about it is shaped by Nirvana's impact on
1: the mainstream.
0: Like they could not have written the song without Nirvana.
1: Yeah. We, we uh, have, have privately talked about heart shape box and Hey, wait, I've got a new complaint as Kurt Cobain, sort of like self parody of his, endless capacity to find reasons to be miserable. And I think that soul asylum is drawing from the same well here.
0: Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yep.
1: Yeah. 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 Tell me all your thoughts on pod as part of the off shelf family. Head to offshelf.net to sign up for their monthly zine and check out our sibling podcast, Best Song Ever. Email us about best, about, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Email us about upcoming songs at thoughtsonpod@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Email us a question and we'll discuss it at our earliest convenience or send us comments, memories, corrections, and complaints. If you send comments as a voice memo, we'd love to include them at the end of the show. You can also uh, join in the conversation about each episode on Facebook via our group, Tell Me All Your Thoughts On, Tell Me All Your Thoughts On Pod. You can listen along with our podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or watch along with the music videos on YouTube. You can find all those things at thoughtsonpod.podbean.com. And uh, next week, I'd like to talk about the Batman Forever soundtrack. Would you, too? <laughs> uh, we'll be talking about the song Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me by you, too, next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.